I'm the administrative pastor here at Church in the Valley, and we are right in the middle of a message series that we're calling uh, Parables, where we're taking a look at different parables that Jesus uh, told to his followers and the crowds that would gather to hear him. Um, and we're looking at these parables and finding the, the point that Jesus is making about the kingdom of God in these parables. This week, we're going to take a look at a parable that talks about counting the cost. Um, so let's read the parable together uh, as we get started, and then we'll, we'll take a look at it a little closer uh, as we go on. This parable is found in the book of Luke, uh, which is a biography about Jesus. It's in chapter 14, verses 28 through 33. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he's able with 10,000, to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So in this passage of Scripture, this uh these verses in the Bible, we see Jesus is talking about a king, weigh, he's weighing whether or not to go to war. And then he's, he's also, uh, we see a man who's counting the cost of, of building a building. Have you ever tried to build something, but you were unable to complete it? Um, I, I've had moments, I know my limitations in building, and I, I can't do much, but I've had my moments where I thought, Something was going to get the best of me, and I was not going to be able to to finish it. A little tyke's toy truck has, uh, there were points where pieces were not fitting together. And uh, I thought I I was done, but somehow God helped me to to put it together. But when we try to, to build something big, that's a little thing. But when we try to build a big project and we're not able to finish it, People become infamous for that. People write news on those people. Businessinsider.com had an article where they talked about the 10 tallest buildings never completed. And take a look at this picture here. Here's the 10 tallest buildings that were never completed. Now, the tallest building on there, um, that was the, supposed to be the Nokial Tower in Dubai. And the plan was for it to be 3,300 feet tall. That's a tall building. Take a look at the, the picture that they drew up for it and how tall it was going to look compared to the other buildings in Dubai. Just towering over those buildings. And those are big buildings. Those are skyscrapers. I've spent a few hours in Dubai on a layover, and those are, those are legit skyscrapers there. And this is, this is doubling them. Up there. But 10 years later, from when they started the foundation, here's what it looks like. Pile of dirt. They started construction. They started the foundation. They had to stop. It was a miscalculation. They ran out of funds very quickly as they were 
starting it, and now they're on the article. Tallest building that never was completed. This is the image that Jesus is giving us in this parable about counting the cost of following him. Jesus is saying you need to count the cost of following me so that 10 years down the road, you, you're not just a pile of dirt, but you've built your life on a foundation of following him. And Jesus encourages us to count the, the cost. So let's take a look at this parable again as we think through. He's talking about counting the cost of following him. So again, Luke 14, 28 through 32. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So here we see Jesus, he's talking about the wise way about going about building a tower and for going to war. He says, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? It's important to count the cost when building a building. Come up with the plans. Start to look at the finances and and see if you have enough to complete it all the way through or else you get 10, 20, 30 years down the road. And nothing has been done. Nothing of substance has been made. It's just dirt. And then Jesus goes on. Otherwise, when we, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. People will mock. They will ridicule when you're not able to finish the job that you said you were going to do, when you have these grand plans and these pictures of how the tower is going to look and then it never comes to fruition, you get articles written about you. Counting the, the cost is something that we all do with our resources all the time. This week, I counted the cost for my lunches. I counted the cost with, do I want to go out and get food or do I want to stay at the, the office and, and save some money? It was a a cost of, well, it's going to take time to go get the food or what. So one day I went out and I got food, and another day I stayed in, had some popcorn for lunch. Um, We count the cost also with our time. We have a meetup coming up tomorrow, and I was deciding whether or not I was going to go to the meetup. And I was deciding, well, I want to see the movie, and I, I, I like tacos, so... Um, I was counting the cost. I want to do that, but do I want to take the night away from my family and spend the money? And I was counting the cost, my resources. I'm going, by the way, in case you're wondering if that matters. We count the cost of doing something, of buying something, paying someone to do something on our house or on our car, or if we're going to just try to do it ourselves. We count these the cost for these types of decisions all the time. 
the bigger the impact that something has on our resources, the bigger uh, or the more we're going to count the cost on something. And Jesus gave us two huge examples of counting the cost. My examples, not very big, pretty small impact on my resources. But Jesus gave us two huge examples of a builder trying to count the cost of building a huge building and, and a king going to war where lives are at stake. And this shows us how important it is to count the cost of following him. And it's, it's important to count the cost because following Jesus costs everything. Luke 14, 33, right after this parable, it says, So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. The word disciple here, it means learner. Jesus' followers were called his disciples. They were learners because they decided and they made him their teacher. And here we see Jesus saying that it takes renouncing all. Now, the word all doesn't leave much room for, for anything else. It's not saying some. It's not saying a little bit. But it's saying all, you renounce all to be Jesus' learner, to be his follower. So if we're going to take time to count the cost on decisions in our, in our life that impact us in just one area or a couple areas, then we, want, we need to take the time to count the cost of what it means to follow Jesus. And a picture of a pie can really help us in understanding what it means to follow Jesus and how that costs us everything. Maybe you had some pie this week. It was July 4th. Maybe you had some, some apple pie. I'm myself, I'm not an apple pie guy. I'm not really a pie fan at all, unless it's a mud pie that has ice cream in it or a chocolate cream pie. But fruit pie is not so much. But maybe you had an apple pie or, or something. Um, it doesn't really matter, I guess. But... Maybe you did, but there's a picture of a pie that's helpful for us in understanding um, what it means to follow Jesus and how that costs us everything. We call it the Lordship Pie. So take a look at the Lordship Pie uh, with me here. In this pie, you can see that there's different slices for different areas in life. We have career, family, church, school, community, Money, etc. These are all slices of the pie in different areas. And there we are at the center of that pie. And then Jesus, he's just a slice of the pie that we see here. And so we're in the center of this pie and we're making, we're calling all the shots on all these different areas, on our career, on church, family, school, all these different things. And that's how it is for us if we don't make Jesus the boss of our life, if we don't become a follower of Jesus. But that doesn't give us the picture of what it means to follow Jesus. We don't leave ourselves in the center of the pie and, and Jesus is just a slice. But when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, he becomes the center of the pie. And it looks like this. And there Jesus is. He's at the center of the pie, and he's calling the shots in the different areas 
of our life. The picture is very helpful in looking at what it means to count the cost of becoming a disciple of Christ. It's a big cost to count because what happens is we move ourselves out of the center of making all the decisions, calling all the shots, and now we let Jesus do that. We go to the Bible and find out how Jesus would want us to respond to a situation. And we, we ask him how to, how to relate in family life or in our career or at school or whatever it might be. Now, if you're a follower of Christ already, I, I got a question for you related to this pie. Is there an area in your life that you're trying to keep away from Christ? Is there an area in your life, as you look at the pie and you see Jesus at the center and all the different areas, maybe you've built up a, a little wall in an area or two of your life and I'm, you're okay with Christ touching any part of these other areas, but just stay away from my family or stay away from my money or whatever it may be. Think about that. Is there an area that you're not fully giving all to Christ? If you aren't yet a follower of Christ, then use this picture of a pie to help you count the cost of what it means to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Go through the different areas of the pie and try to figure out what does the Bible say about living life that way. Here's a couple of different examples of counting the costs that, that you, you might have to go through as you're trying to decide if, if you're ready to make Jesus the Lord of your life. One is, is money. Money's a, a big one to count the cost on because whenever we're determining if we want to follow Jesus and, and Christ, one of the first questions that a lot of people have is, what's God going to tell me to do with my money? That's a big question. That we have. Well, one of the things that God's going to tell us to do with our money is to give a tithe. Give a tithe to the church. And the tithe, is a, it's a tenth. That's what the word literally means. It's a tenth of our income to the church. We see that in Leviticus 27.30. It says, every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It's holy to the Lord. Ouch, right there. That's a cost. That's a, that's a financial cost right there to following Jesus, to give 10% of your income to God. It's a cost, but actually there's a freedom that comes from that cost that you make. Because when you give 10% of your income to God or you give, you give to the church, what happens is God's rearranging your priorities. And you start to, your perspective on money changes. And you start to realize that God is really the one funneling the resources to you. And so giving 10% back to him, it's already his anyway. And you can give it to him. Now, a big misconception with our, our money is that you become a Christian, God's just going to tell us what to do with it. We're not going to be able to have any more fun with it. But First Timothy six seventeen it debunks that myth. Take a look at what it says here about money. It says, as for the rich... In this present age, charge charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, 
who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. God wants us to enjoy our money. He wants us to. He's given it to us. It says here, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. But he doesn't want our trust and our hope to be in our finances, in our money. Like it says there, not to get haughty and and get um, our hopes on the uncertainty of riches. So count the cost with your money. Count the cost with it. And then you can also count the cost with your work. Here's another example. Um, One of the costs about work is that when you become a Christ follower, you're working to a different standard. Ephesians 6, 5 through 7 says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. That's another cost to count. Is about our work is that we see that we're to work wholeheartedly, whether the boss is looking or not, and whether our boss is a, is a kind boss or harsh with us or whatever it is. We're, here we see that we're to work hard no matter who's watching. We're to give our all, work wholeheartedly. Jesus, he tells us to count the cost. And that's just a couple examples of counting the, the cost. And there might be more areas that you want to look at as you count the cost of following him. But the truth is that it, it's all worth it. It's worth it, whatever the cost may be, to follow Christ, because we, we gain everything when we choose to make Jesus Lord. I'd like to go through the Lord acrostic with you this morning. Uh, this acrostic, it, it shows you how to become a follower of Christ and make him the Lord of your life. So take a look at it with me. There'll be some pictures on the screen that you can follow along as well. But the Bible says that God loves you and wants you to experience abundant or real life. That's what the Bible says. But rather than turning to God, every one of us began to sin, going our own way, trying to be our own boss. Sin, we turned from God. We went our own way. The result is our separation from God. The Bible says sin has cut us off from knowing God personally. So instead of experiencing the life and freedom God desires for for us, people are dead spiritually, cut off from God, and actually in bondage to the enemy. To remedy the situation, God sent Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin and was raised from the dead. The Bible says that all people without Jesus are destined for hell. But those who repent, those that turn around and yield their life to Jesus as boss of their life, will become children of God and experience life, the life and freedom God desires for them. There's a cost to becoming a Christ follower. And we need to count that cost and, and determine if we're ready to, to pay that cost. We don't want to become a Christ follower and then 10 years later 
have done nothing to build on that decision. And they were like the picture we saw earlier, just dirt on the ground. To be a Christ follower, you have to choose to follow and do life God's way. But when you do make that decision, you're no longer destined for hell. You're destined for an eternity with God in heaven. And God gives you the tools and the resources that you need to have your best life here on earth, too. A couple of weeks ago, I I mentioned a lot of things in my family's life were just going haywire. Um, My wife got strep throat a week after my son got strep throat, and then our AC went out the day she was feeling better, and then the next day my computer's hard drive failed, and I had to deal with that, took a lot of time to deal with that. And then our, our house, our homeowners association, um, wanted us to clean up part of our house that we're renting. Um, so I had to spend some time cleaning that up. Life's difficult. When we all chose to rebel against God and go our own way, sin, or, sin entered into the world. And it was no longer perfect. So there's difficult parts of life. There's enjoyment in life as well, but there's difficult parts of life. But choosing to follow Christ gives you the tools and the resources that you need to handle the obstacles that come your way. This week I had an important meeting um, on Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday was July 4th. It wasn't on July 4th. Um, I had an important meeting on, on Thursday and during a break in the meeting, I got a text from my, my wife, and it was one of those times at home where just everything that could go wrong was going wrong. And she just said, please pray, because it's just, it's all going wrong right now. Uh, my son, Blake, it seemed like he was getting strep throat again, so she needed to take him to the doctor. And as they were trying to get out of the house and go to the doctor, a uh, big drink spilled behind the fridge, so they had to pull the fridge out. And then uh, babies crying, and just you can imagine, um, just it was all going haywire. And I, I was distracted. I didn't. I I was distracted by what was going on at my house, and so um, I just I started to pray. I just said, God, please help Gina. I didn't know what to pray. So please help Gina. I said, please just send her help somehow and, and, and help her and help me to focus on what I need to focus. God helped. He helped me to focus on the meeting and, and be present and be able to, to do that. And a little while later, Gina texted me and she said, hey, right after the, the text that I sent you, it just it diffused. The situation diffused at home. Nobody came to help her or anything, but God sent help and he calmed everything at home. They got the stuff clean. They took Blake to the, to the doctor. He, was, he had strep throat again. Um, it, but she got out of the house, was able to do it. God gives us the resources we need to be able to handle obstacles in, in our life. And we choose to follow him. He, gives us, uh, he also gives us a new family that can encourage us when times are hard. On Friday, so that was all Thursday, on Friday, a a friend just came by um, out of the blue, gave us some cookies for the kids and some sweet tea for the adults as we were stuck in the house with sick kids. 
Um, again, it had been happening a lot. That was a big encouragement to us. And then I, I've had multiple people texting me, calling me, checking in on our family, how we're doing. Because this has been a long run of just people getting sick one after the other and, and things happening. There is a cost when you choose to follow Christ. And it costs everything. We turn our life over to Jesus Christ. We let him call the shots on our life. But you get everything that you truly need for this life when you make him the center of yours. We get a restored relationship with God. Our sin is dealt with. We chose to go our own way from God and to rebel against him. But Jesus came, he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. And when, and when he did that, he made a way for us to have a relationship with God. We get that when we choose to follow Christ. We also get the promise of an eternal life with God in heaven when we choose to follow Christ. And we get a new family. And God gives us the resources, the tools that we need to live a life that is honoring to him and really turns out to be the best life for us here on this earth. So I want to encourage you today, take this parable seriously. Take it seriously what God's talking, what Jesus said in this story. Count the cost. And when you're ready, make Jesus the Lord of your life and gain everything that you truly need for this life here on earth. Each Sunday we have next steps that you can take in response to the message. You can find those next steps on on the handout that's in your program. They're also on the connection card. If you go ahead and everybody pull out that connection card that uh, Randy was talking about earlier and look on the back, there's some next steps that you might want to take in response to the message today. Here's some next steps. My next step today is to talk with someone at Church in the Valley about the cost. Maybe that's the next step you want to take in response to the message today. Maybe you've been thinking about becoming a follower of Christ for a little while, or, or, and that's the step you want to take. You want to talk to somebody from Church in the Valley. If you check that box, we'll have somebody um, getting in contact with you this week so that you can talk about that. Another next step is to find out what the Bible says about fill in the blank. Maybe there was something on the lordship pie that, that you realized, I want to, I want to find out more about that specific thing. You can write that in there. And then another next step today is let Jesus have everything by asking him to take control of blank. Maybe there was a specific area God spoke to you that you realized, you know what, I've built up a wall there. I don't really want Christ to touch that. And you want to write that in right there. Would you pray with me as we continue to worship the Lord? God, we we thank you for um, just the Bible and the guidance and the wisdom that it gives for us and just the encouragement to count the cost. I pray that you would help each of us here just to, to count the cost of following you and examine our lives and, and show us what um, we might need to change to be more like you. And we just pray for your help in this. In Jesus' name, amen.